0: So, we spoke about code review, and we spoke about it in a what-is-it-good-for way, and then we spoke about a lot of other things like plane crashes and uh, stuff like that. So, to connect back to that, I was thinking when I do a code review, I sometimes find things that are they aren't what I expect. I want the person who wrote that code to change it. So then I need to give feedback. And before COVID, I could just roll over to the person. Office chairs are great. They roll. Uh, and say, hi there. Do you have time for me to to do the code review here? And then we could talk about it. And I could use my nice voice and nice eyes and all that uh when I gave the feedback, so what I wonder now is how do you how do you give written feedback in a nice way, so the person who reads it doesn't get sad or angry
1: yeah, yeah, I think this is this is a good thread to pull on uh, because. I happen to know that you know this, uh, and I have definitely experienced this, that there are people that will write textual communication uh, right up and down, as they say in Sweden. Now, um, <laughs> Great idiom. But but rather, uh, they will write it as they would have said it, but with proper punctuation. Yeah. This can be incredibly incredibly uh hard to not read as angry exactly and i think it's fair that you should be able to state something with proper punctuation to someone else uh, and not necessarily be interpreted as angry but the fact remains that you don't while you're doing this you are not sending uh, uh piece of a smile or a small twinkle of the eye you're not sending any signal that while I am disagreeing with you and stating very clear opinions I am also recognizing you as a human and uh, I still like you that that's one of the what I feel like you have to wrap text communication against yeah some people work uh, work with text in the way uh, that I described they they just write it and let it stand for itself and then they might write more text to uh, s- like settle any <laughs> any consequences uh, and figure out like okay uh, clarify whatever whatever concerns the receiving party raises as a consequence. But what generally works for me is making sure I send uh, I send clear signals that I am not angry, I am not upset, I don't have necessarily a strong opinion, if I don't actually have a strong opinion about the thing, and just make sure that what I'm saying in the text also comes with maybe a smiley face. Uh, Maybe I end the whole thing with a sparkles emoji. Because why not? It adds to the nuance. It helps the other person receive it as something else than very harsh critique.
0: Yeah, I found one uh, special trick or technique to apply to this. uh, And that's to start off everything with... uh, Great work. Uh, I especially like, and then find one or three things that are really good. Uh, And then after that go, okay, so the following things uh, I have questions about, or uh, you could uh, use this function from this library, which we of course haven't told you about, to uh, make your code better, so you don't have to write all that boilerplate. Um, So, but the the main idea of this technique is to start with just a great work, or a one of those things. Yeah,
1: I I think that's a that's a good policy. Uh, There's this idea that one piece of negative feedback outweighs like a hundred positive ones. Uh, So, and you can't front load with like a hundred pieces of positive feedback. That's incredibly untenable Um, but what you can do is front load with some positive feedback and like you were saying great work this specific thing is good Uh, I appreciate it because x Um, I'm currently working with the team where I find people are exceptionally good at this wow uh, and surprisingly good at this people that I might not even expect would uh, would emoji anything they emoji everything they just use it as a means of like yeah great high energy woo sweet Uh, and um, and like any questions are raised along with for example in this case often code reviews or discussion but there's a lot of great work oh uh sweet oh this looks great like calling out particular things they liked or like, oh, this comment is worth its weight in lines. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, I think the, it's incredibly helpful to keep a positive energy and uh, just a good tone. Yeah. For what's, what's often toneless communication.
0: <laughs> exactly. I think that's what makes everything so hard. You cannot listen to a person's tone of voice. Uh, which also could be a very good thing if that person is really tired and can use the text medium to remove that tiredness from the communication.
1: Yeah. For the longest time, I actually insisted on in like text messages and stuff to use proper punctuation and I wanted to pull back on the amount of like emoji or rather smileys uh, that I was using. Because it felt like... <clears throat> it didn't feel serious enough. And I was a bit of... Like I wanted to do nice text, basically. And so it, it was driven by by not wanting to be silly, basically.
0: Were you a serious person?
1: That, that's, that's a hard case to argue. I, I've never been that serious. <laughs> but maybe a little bit full of myself uh, on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> and arguably... It was also just trying to do text justice i like writing uh, and i like being able to write properly but because it was often received as slightly pissed off or yep. harsh grumpy i realized like that the whole point of using text uh, as a way to communicate is to make yourself understood and understood as well as possible uh, so if that means like a a winky smiley or a normal smiley face at the end of every sentence helps i'll i'll generally try to limit myself to like one smiley face per paragraph or at most but since it helps since it makes people not fear your written communication which you want them to read probably yeah Uh, I think it was a good policy to overturn. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped immensely. And I think communication overall is one of these uh, underappreciated superpowers. Oh, yes. So I've definitely worked with people that will not read or write text. (laughs) At all? Uh, Basically not at all, or only to an absolute minimum. And sometimes I've i've switched over to actually making a video just to make them uh look at it and understand what i'm trying to communicate like okay this works like this is this the feature you wanted us to build please take a look Uh, and and i think the video helped um but just putting effort into text or being being fluent in communicating in text helps being able to like edit yourself stating things succinctly or at least adding enough context Uh, i'm not the best at keeping myself succinct Uh, i tend to to go on but i also find that in for example slack and email and stuff it is slightly better to over communicate than to under communicate yes it's not the most polite thing to dump paragraphs upon paragraphs but get the information out there so people can look at it when they when they look back like didn't he say something about this or what was the last thing that was said about this when they look if it, all the context is there uh, they can they can suddenly skip asking like 10 questions
0: totally uh, but then they have to read the mail
1: yeah and they don't have to have read it the first time yeah if you're lucky they will refer back to it. or you can uh, uh, another place where i find it helps is that it helps me when i need to look back at what the hell did i do <laughs> uh, and like getting it out there because so i work remotely with my clients yeah and that means that my like it's either conference call communication or it's uh, it's uh, written generally and that means that if I don't put it in writing it's not out there Uh, because the spoken stuff that'll pass people by even (laughs) though one of my clients has been very fastidious about recording conversations wow and just like okay let's let's record this conversation make sure the team has access to to what we share here and then sometimes they even summarize the video i i don't know how they do it it's like it's a good thing when it's done well but i couldn't i couldn't stomach just sitting down and listening to what we were saying
0: and restating it in text (laughs) Uh, do you know if the team actually is looking at the video or the recording
1: I have had responses like, yeah, oh, this was super helpful. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. It's it depends on how you do it.
0: Indeed. Uh so would you could you do a code review in a recording?
1: I think that would actually, in many cases, be a better code review than text. <laughs> like imagine if someone does a screen recording of looking through code either on github or pulling it down and actually like running it looking at the tests that sort of thing i think that would be incredibly instructive uh, at least every now and then to get a code review as a video where like oh this is what it feels like when one of my coworkers receives my code it's like <laughs> it's like user testing when you sit the user down with your system and you watch them use it it's terrible it's terrifying, it's horrible, yeah. and they do it wrong.
0: <laughs> they do users are the worst it's yeah i I only want systems that generate money. I don't want anyone to use them.
1: no, it brings a lot of inconvenience to have users,
0: yeah, I'll get back to you when I know how to make those systems, but please do <laughs> it shall be glorious, absolutely glorious no, but i I think like communication was
1: something I Like written communication is probably the most useful in my book, because it spans like especially since I do remote work. But in general, because it spans so much of tech, yeah. So in tech, it is the dominant form of communication.
0: You very seldom see a video as a code comment.
1: Yeah, very rarely. (laughs) Uh, And that means that it's disproportionately powerful um uh, for for example developers and people in tech and i think for the longest time i assumed everyone wrote a lot because i do and like <laughs> anything that i know how to do and anything i do is obviously not that difficult right indeed uh and apparently that's not entirely correct because there's plenty of people that have trouble writing uh yeah. for all sorts of reasons um and there are also people that just aren't particularly good at it or uh, maybe can't communicate concepts very clearly or like are good at parts of it or whatever. Yeah. And I've realized that part of what my sort of unique <laughs> offering has been ever since I got the the feedback on, on some like uh, colleagues were giving feedback before performance reviews at some job I had. And I was like, yeah, it communicates really well. It's like, I do? I guess I do. Okay. Nice. That's actually sweet. And it is something I put effort into, but it isn't, wasn't something I thought about whether other people did.
0: Ah, yeah.
1: So I sort of just assumed that everyone else was communicating as much and as with as much effort but that has often not been the case because a lot of developers are sort of insular or uncomfortable reaching out or just don't feel the need to to share what they're doing in that way and i realized it's incredibly useful
0: oh yes oh yes
1: it also helps like uh, for for making sure that people know that you're doing work and like no making your efforts noticeable (laughs) to for example decision makers and before performance reviews and stuff it's it's nice if people know what the hell you're doing
0: so when you say to know what you're doing do you mean like you send an email to all people affected (laughs) now and then and say look this is a pretty i made this or how do you communicate that so if the company is
1: mostly email driven i would probably uh, when i've finished up a significant piece of work that people should be aware of i would probably uh, add the relevant people to to an email and go oh this is done it's available here Uh, it works like this Uh, so that would close this issue and uh, fix this request that you made um, feel free to take a look let me know if you have any questions cool that's really nice that that would be a useful sort of way to to blast that out but generally it would be something like you know in slack um, just stating like okay yeah in this thing we are currently doing this and that and uh, issue number five will be resolved uh, by the end of the week we think and like, I know you asked about this, we're working on it, but it's still no no measurable progress uh, or whatever, like status updates sort of. Yeah. And not every status update will be uh, noted by everyone and not everyone will read all of them. And that's not the most important point. It's like when someone looks back at the last, like... For performance review purposes, when someone looks back at the last six months, do they remember you saying, I did this? Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Can they point to something you did?
0: Yeah, you could, of course, uh, print all the email or bunch them up in a PDF or something and bring them to the performance review or send them to the person a week before or something and say, look, this is what I did last year
1: yeah I know some companies do like perform put together performance review packages and stuff and in that case uh, then I think it's helpful to be able to pull like okay yeah I communicated these things at the time so these are this is sort of the record of of all the things I've done Uh, rather than having to reconstruct that from from Git logs or whatever, it's like I think we did the thing <laughs> at the time, but I... yeah. But what I've also realized is like communicating in in that way and uh, just generally communicate uh, communicating about what you're doing isn't something that everyone finds easy or straightforward and I've certainly evolved my way of doing it over time as well I'm much more explicit about what I what I expect and what I try to do and like okay so we had this meeting uh, we came we came to these conclusions I will be putting together this proposal and then I will send it I will be setting up a calendar event for, and invite you guys. Like making things very clear about who is doing what and what is expected from...
0: Now that's a skill in itself, writing meeting minutes. It's way harder than you would expect.
1: Yeah, I, I don't generally take great notes at meetings. I, I tend to note down the things I, I need to act on, that I know I need to yeah. act on.
0: But to have someone that that does that, but for everyone, and to have a, a log of these are the decisions that were made on the meeting, uh, and then publish it somewhere, yeah. that's so useful, especially when people are stressed out and don't remember anything. Yeah.
1: What's your general communication strategy? Uh, My communication strategy is... Then we can talk about branding
0: and marketing. (laughs) Uh, My communication strategy is to use uh, proper English, except for when I just fail at spelling. And bucket loads of smileys and emojis, the more the merrier. Uh, So lots of really happy smileys. Because I find almost everything funny, (laughs) in a good way. Um, I'm just wired that way. And uh, so you can see when I'm grumpy or stressed out or something, the smileys have a tendency to disappear. Uh, So that's my (laughs) communication strategy. And I try very hard to be succinct and uh, clear. I do not always succeed, but give me a few thousand years and it will be good. And one of the techniques I found is to... It's very easy to, for instance, write an email with like. I don't know. Uh, just write it like uh, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and so on. Um, and it doesn't have to be chronologically; it can be conceptually. Uh, and then write the summary at the end. Mm. So when I've written an email like that, I take the summary and move it to the top. Yeah, and that's about the editing I do and then I send it because then uh, it's like in journalism uh, always write the articles so people can stop reading anytime front load the information tldr exactly uh, and try to put as much information in the subject line as possible but do not have do not write the email in the subject line Hmm. oh well yeah subject lines are the hardest
1: yeah that's that's interesting i think uh it's i try to make the subject line just very clear but it, i guess there's also an el- element of like ideal it should be slightly clickbait <laughs> it's like <laughs> this make this email feel like it is the email you wanted to receive about this topic <laughs> like,
0: yeah <laughs> No, but... On the release for March, you will never believe point seven and eight. Uh,
1: two out of three CEOs uh, love the contents of this email. <laughs> <laughs> That's two out of three. <laughs> Isn't that great, though?
0: <laughs> it's, no, you need bigger numbers. Ten out of twelve. Yeah, <laughs> bullet point five is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> i need to start writing clickbait the email now i think there's a risk of uh, just being spam filtered this sounds like an experiment worth trying especially uh, on the intranet on company email
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: <laughs> see how outlook reacts
1: it's tricky just trying to trying to Make sure that you put enough information in, uh, that people have all the information they should reasonably get, but not make it too much of a tough read. And I have a hard time constraining myself to putting things succinctly. And part of that is because I do not mind reading a decent chunk of text.
0: Do you read fast, or do you just like reading?
1: I probably read decently fast. Um, cool. And for like an email with three paragraphs of text, uh, I mean that doesn't require reading fast to actually be fast. <laughs> it's, Good point. It is a shor- It is mostly a short read if you have, if you don't have any specific impediments to reading. Yeah. But I know I know a lot of people just skim brutally or don't actually read more than like a one paragraph and then just decide that they've read the email i I mean (laughs) people don't write read the text uh sometimes it's worse in like ui design than it is in for example email yeah when people care about what your what your email is about they will read it but I've also had conversations with clients where it's very, it turns out to be very clear that they did not read the entire proposal, or they did not read the entire
0: contract.
1: Okay. Which is like, mm, this is an uncomfortable conversation
0: to have. So, so you send a document which will bind them to a contract if they sign it, and they don't read it?
1: Well, they skim. <laughs> yeah uh yeah 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 uh so yeah the the blah blah text does say that's so i i guess i I need pictograms like uh diagrams of if you sign this this arrow goes to this arrow and this arrow goes to this arrow (laughs) and this pile of money goes to my bank account sweet this pile of code goes to your git server or whatever yeah it's
0: have you ever tried putting something silly in the end of the contract to see if they so they will read the
1: end of course they'll read the end okay i mean the middle yeah i should just slide it into but the problem is every now and then you'll find a client that will actually read that part yeah so it better be something silly funny not silly silly offensive sort of uh, yeah, that's true. Can't yeah. just sign over all the rights.
0: Nah, that's that's a bit too, <laughs> too silly. But something like uh, send licorice to you, mm. one kilogram of licorice. I don't know if you like it, but you can give it depends to me. on the quality. I would say. Yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. But something like that. Yeah,
1: or or. or uh, just add like a a clause that's uh, this part only included to make sure that it was read Uh, or or add a field where they should sign in the middle of the contract
0: (laughs) but they will see that then it's not just body text
1: No, uh, well, you could state like, after this paragraph, please additionally sign to make sure you've read the blah blah text of the contract. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, the contract is void.
0: (laughs) But you don't want that either. You want want them to sign the the contract. It's like,
1: in the end, you end up hashing these things out in conversation, usually in a meeting instead. Um, Wow. When they're like... when they're like, oh, yeah, and this and this and this. Oh, that's not what the contract says. There there was something in the contract about this? Yeah, it's it's down there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you should probably have put that somewhere more clear. Oh, like, <laughs> maybe in the contract? No. Uh, of course, of course, <laughs> I should have put it somewhere more clear. Yeah. No, uh, but it's, I mean, it's challenging. Of course. Also, a lot of the people reading the contracts aside from the lawyers because the lawyers aren't there to figure out the the deal indeed uh they aren't there to to decide on like what do these two companies want to do with one another uh they're there to make sure that their client does not get screwed over um which is a different thing yeah and only screwed over in legal terms they can't determine like (laughs) is this good code uh, that we're planning on writing
0: exactly is this a good business proposal like is this good for the client yeah
1: so and decision makers are very often uh, brutal skimmers and that's just part of having limited time Um, so that's that's also sort of a thing with textual communication to bring it sort of back to what we were saying you can't expect your textual communication to be um the end of the conversation if you've stated it once it doesn't serve any good purpose to be upset that people didn't read it just assume that like any text has a failure rate of 20 percent yeah and and just assume that like oh oh they got unlucky <laughs> Uh, and, and be okay with restating sometimes in text sometimes in uh, in verbal communication certainly you can like push someone that's a sloppy reader to maybe could you go back and just read that again because I did put it in there and I don't have a moment right now to restate it Um, I think there are there are polite nice ways to to gently push people back into just just read it again. It's in there. Um, or, and then come back if you have any questions or that sort of thing. Because there, there's a certain impoliteness about not reading what people wrote. Yeah. But I think you should also just acknowledge that text is a fallible medium in the sense that humans don't interface one-to-one with text.
0: Indeed, it needs to pass through quite a lot of brain. Yeah before it reaches the I don't know understanding parts
1: yeah and whether like for someone who works a lot with text probably you read it fairly carefully you register a few uh, like you take note of the details and uh, the next time you're you're communicating about this text you feel like you have a strong grasp on what what it was about but for some people it's like yeah i I read it oh i didn't i missed that detail it's also like i guess that's also sort of a developer thing where being detail uh, aware of the details and paying attention is fairly rewarded in code Yep. oh yes being i've definitely encountered developers that write the right text for humans sort of like the right code it's like no this and has a very specific meaning and
0: (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that rfc which uh, defines the meaning of must must not shall shall not and so on yeah sure Uh, it's good stuff
1: it's a nice rfc Uh, it's not something you should apply when talking to people
0: (laughs) (laughs) what not even when referencing that rfc should you should you
1: start your email with uh, for this email to be considered read you must read the entirety
0: (laughs) of the text and don't you start your emails with includes (laughs) like uh, we need the following rfc's the following iso specifications and so on for this email to be understood
1: (laughs) yeah any must (laughs) shall etc shall be understood to be yeah no uh but i think if you are sort of formal in your in your way of writing and you feel like you are are stating things clearly and technically correct which is the best kind of correct of course yes you should probably also be aware that you are working in a fuzzy system and just assume that there's an error rate yeah and then you might be less frustrated about the error rate because if the error rate is not actually something you can entirely get rid of just assume like this is this is hardware level faults uh, and your nice text has no way of entirely eliminating them
0: indeed it's I have a tendency to, if I've sent a really nice email to someone and they have obviously not read it or failed in reading it, the middle of it or something, and then they ask questions about exactly the things in the email, I have a tendency to copy-paste the relevant parts from the email into the chat conversation where they ask the questions. This probably makes me a worse person, but it saves lots of time and, and It kind of works.
1: Yes, I've definitely, I definitely do that differently depending on the outcomes I want. Sometimes, if I'm a little bit annoyed, it might turn into like, I believe I described that here and paste that part, or I just believe I described that in paragraph two. Uh, But if there's anything unclear, please let me know.
0: Um, Yeah. I just don't reference it. I've uh, given up on humanity so long ago. So you re- you
1: copy-paste it and pretend you just wrote it.
0: Yep. Basically. And if they find out, well, uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, it's sort of it would be weird for them to bring it up like, "Oh, you just copy-pasted
0: the last thing." Well, <laughs> <laughs> did it answer your question? <laughs> I could, o- I could always answer, no, I didn't, and see how they react.
1: Oh yeah, 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 deny it. <laughs> yeah, that's optimal.
0: <laughs> um, it's, I don't know if surrealism is a good thing to have in written communication. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it might undermine uh, like achieving. The outcomes you want unless the outcome is frustration or uh or humor um why not both yeah frustrated laughter exactly that's the best yeah that's that's generally not what i'm aiming for but <laughs> yeah no, i think there's i think there's a lot of space for for actually trying to teach some uh, of these skills to to technical people just like I I know that it's incredibly useful to most technical folks to attempt to teach or mentor or just introduce people to their code base show them around be responsible for someone else's learning that you yeah. will almost certainly influence how you put things how you state things how you try to provide that information and you might see what works and what fails
0: do you have any examples on what works and what fails hmm. because i'm i'm usually um i have a tendency to only fall on the two edges of the dunning-kruger curve <laughs> so either i'm an expert yeah and i've been that for a long 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 time or I'm a total noob, and I've been that for a long, long time. And if I'm a total noob, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, so then I keep asking stupid questions yeah, uh, in a polite way, I might say. Uh, and that's that's kind of cool. I know how to be that. And when I'm an expert, I just assume that everyone else knows this. And then we have a problem. yeah, Because I always throw beginners into the deep parts with the sharks and the crocodiles and the shark crocodiles and so on
1: so it's um oh that made just made me think about one of the best tweets like uh i have uh, my primary skills are ruby and python but i can control any type of snake with any kind of gem oh yeah uh well um generally my primary tool for figuring out like okay what level what level of experience what level of familiarity should can i assume with this person is start out with some questions around like okay how much do you know about this tech how much have you used it that sort of thing yeah and work from there uh, sometimes people don't give entirely honest answers about what they don't know because either because they don't know that they don't know a lot, a lot, or wow, or because they are a little bit uncomfortable admitting to just how limited their knowledge is. Yep, limited in the sense of just arbitrarily comparing it to what, wherever you happen to be uh, on. On what's essentially a multi-dimensional space, it's sometimes it seems very binary, like oh, you're experienced, you're inexperienced. it's never that simple, but that's true, but we only describe
0: roles in
1: in one dimension,
0: like two dimensions and in way too few steps, it's continuous yeah, so
1: what I generally tend to do when I get rolling and like okay, I've been describing how to set this thing up and like, okay. Uh, did this stuff feel familiar to you okay if it feels familiar we can we can just keep going Um, or if it if they say like yeah some of it or i I think i'll figure it out or like okay was there anything that was specifically unclear or a little bit confusing Uh, because we can we can just dive into that a little bit and stay with that a little bit but generally I think the trick is just more communication so asking questions uh, textually this is much harder so this is this is much easier when when you're having regular verbal communications because you can you can read off of someone's body language or or if they look puzzled you can see that like okay hold on we'll slow down we'll take or we'll step back and like, okay, where did I lose you? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's like sometimes we're going to be diving into something particular, and whether I lose them or not, we need to keep doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, and then it's mostly a matter of like, okay, it's fine if you don't understand all the things. Uh, we'll keep pushing. Some at some point, some of this will make sense. Yeah. It depends on what you're trying to do but questions is is sort of the only tool you have aside from being tr- like empathetic and trying to actually read uh faces and expressions or tone like you you can also read tone in text it's just it's just much faultier um much less reliable
0: yeah so then you need to ask even more questions
1: yeah and in text it's like an extended silence from someone fairly fairly new to a project is usually not the best sign uh, because it's if you're the one introducing them, I think it's your responsibility to keep tabs on that they are doing okay with that work. Yeah. So then it becomes your job to sort of, hey, uh, how are things going with this and that? And also trying to make make them understand that you are not checking if they are done yet, <laughs> which is also one of those written communication things. Like, oh, I'm being so friendly. I asked if uh, I asked how how things were going. <laughs> yeah, but that's you can read that in multiple ways. You know, it, it's like, yeah, how are things going? Read between the lines. I'm expecting you to be done by now. Please report progress exactly while. Uh, how are things going let me know if if you have any issues or if it's giving you any trouble Uh, I know this and this part can be a bit tricky Uh, let me know if we if we should dive into it like sometimes being very explicit about like I expect you to have trouble here um, can be helpful sometimes sometimes other (laughs) other sort of just like open open up for questions remind people that it's fine to reach out with questions i actually want you to reach out to me if you get stuck i expect you that can also be helpful like put an expectation on people that if you get stuck and you don't know the way forward reach out because i want to know yeah and you can frame it with things like a because we need to be able to do this reliably with other people. So if you identify some trouble along the way, like onboarding sort of deals, especially. Yeah. Uh, we actually want to know so we can fix it. There's, there's a bunch of different <laughs> sort of tricks like that where. Cool. Following up with people or like asking them to to find the friction they're experiencing and give, hand it to you, like tell you about it.
0: That sounds like some kind of process, like continuous process, um, making process bettering. I don't do grammar today. (laughs) I I believe we've spoken about Uh, this before. (laughs) We have. Maybe we will speak about it again. I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, I also think we should speak about onboarding way more.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, It's something I think companies uh tend to put decent effort into but they do it they often don't prepare well and they don't really have a plan and it's it's tricky yeah uh, well we can definitely definitely dive into that at some point <laughs>
0: uh do you have any any words that should never be used in written communication hmm. i don't
1: No, like there are definitely words that don't belong in any professional setting. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, And uh, that should not be said by certain people or to certain people. Yeah. But beyond like actual abusive things, I've seen a lot of people raise things like uh, removing simple, easy or just uh, like just do this uh or you simply do this or uh, it's easy enough to um from your communication and i think there's there's a point to that in the sense of not uh not telling people that something is easy that they might have trouble with because that's just demotivating oh yes and it it's sort of like it's easy from your perspective because you know what's what it entails so I, I think there's value to that idea. I haven't fully implemented it uh, for myself because I I don't think that closely about the words. I just, they, I hit the keys and words come out. <laughs> How about you? Uh,
0: I'm definitely into the remove simply just uh, part of it or that camp because uh, they skew things. They are very strange words. It's okay to use them if you're a mathematician, yeah, because that's part of their language
1: so so we should go for just switching them out, I think to hard, difficult <laughs> uh, and like rather than just do this like carefully <laughs> to <laughs> do this particular thing um
0: seems legit no
1: that, I think there's also a lot of like corporate speak that you really really should avoid uh (laughs) like touching base and that sort of thing and that's not
0: oh i love them but but i can't use them seriously
1: yeah yeah yeah. They're, they're great for for being uh being funny about enterprise communication but yeah i see people sometimes use them because they sort of assume that that's expected in the setting oh or just like oh yeah it sounds it sounds neat so i use it like i i get that but it becomes culture or it risks becoming culture yeah and when you're gonna touch base about synergies
0: uh ah um, you said the s word oh yeah it's not good <laughs> it's not good
1: it makes people check out it hides the actual doing yep and and that's probably my big beef with like corporate speak in general and uh, i spend too much time talking about business value these days but it's it's part of sort of <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense to talk about bis- providing business value as a consultant when you speak when what you're talking about is the general the general g- group of cons consultants um and the general sort of thing they do for companies. It's like, okay, yeah, then we're at such an abstract and general level that business value is whatever. Uh, it makes sense to talk about business value to some extent when you want to differentiate from from very specific uh for example technical uh, technical outcomes because technical outcomes are not necessarily one-to-one with business value um but
0: that's a good point
1: but it's also like okay i think this will provide a lot of business value like well is that what you think or do you think that this for example this feature will make a lot of our users less frustrated and by virtue of that they will think the platform is better and by virtue of that they will uh, be more likely to recommend that their company keep it or promote it to other people okay that's a different matter or rather if you say it will make our users more satisfied that's probably better than stating that it that it's business value yeah and rather than us touching base soon how about we say okay let's follow up on this and have another meeting next week or uh, let me know when you've done your part and i'll let you know when i've done my part and then we can plan on the common part like you can't be more explicit you can't be more clear than okay let's touch base on this later
0: yeah exactly i was thinking about the business value thing uh Providing business value to a company isn't that reducing costs and increasing profits or revenue or, I don't know, American words, Hmm. business words. If you want to to be almost as abstract.
1: I think generally when people... And this, this is a clear example of like, okay, but is that the value... Uh, that people are talking about when they talk about business value typically not Um, or sometimes uh, like increasing revenue is great increasing profit would be even better probably yeah Uh, and uh, like decreasing cost great those provide very concrete business value but what you generally talk about with business value are things like revenue growth which growth is arguably not worth anything (laughs) (laughs) not yet not necessarily unless it also also correlates with profits yeah but that's not how businesses like if you're working with a startup for example growth is probably the only metric they give a shit about
0: Yep. depending on startup if it's venture funded or bootstrapped or yeah it's but
1: growth is definitely something they will have their eye on oh yes and if you can contribute to growth they would most certainly say that you are contributing business value yeah but honestly what value is it of of what value is it
0: wow yeah this is like a business swamp
1: yeah so i think whenever you can avoid businessy words even if they sound neat uh if you can boil them down to Oh what is it ducks and potatoes no i i don't remember who i think that's Mer- a merlin man thing <laughs> can you give it to me in uh, something and potatoes i don't remember i think it one of his old bosses was sort of allergic to when he went into into describing all the cool stuff and all the good ideas and all that. like can we can we you give it to me in let's say ducks ducks and potatoes <laughs> like just <laughs> boil it down keep it simple what are we actually dealing with what is this going to change cool
0: so speak in concrete
1: yeah and i think that's generally a good idea for <clears throat> for communication yeah um or at least speak uh to speak no not speak but write rather in in the purpose of the communication so if it is to make some to help someone understand something or to inform someone make it as informative as possible make it as easy as, as possible to access the information yeah while if what you're trying to do is convey like a feeling maybe it makes sense to to put it in poetry uh, rather than <laughs> rather than stating it very explicitly like I, I feel like this was this was a tremendously uh, positive summer morning experience and i would uh, i would uh, be happy if it happened again (laughs) (laughs) i was like uh, yeah yeah yeah, uh. i would
0: like to touch base with another summer experience maybe next week